Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show. But our favorite stories, well, they're yours. They're our listeners' story. And they're just ordinary folks telling stories about their lives. This story is one just like that, and it's a story about neighborly kindness. Heidi lives with her six kids in Green Lake, Wisconsin. A man named Tom moved into their neighborhood when he retired as a police officer from Chicago. Heidi and Tom were neighbors for almost 15 years before they got to know each other. Tom was in his 80s and extremely introverted. Heidi, well, she was a busy mom who didn't think she had time to invest in a grumpy old man. Something changed in Heidi's heart, though. And she began reaching out to this older gentleman 
who was quickly declining in health. Here's Heidi sharing her story about the relationship between herself and her elderly neighbor, Tom. It just takes time. Tom wasn't dying. Well, that is, he wasn't dying as quickly as everyone expected. The nurses and the doctors, the kids, and even the chief of police didn't think he'd be here this long. He was 83 and so stubborn, and certainly hated people doting over him. He told me so many times. He wanted to die at home and not here in this hospital. But I don't think we get to choose how we travel that last part of the journey. He said he wanted to die in his sleep in his house, but not here. Every time I visited him, he asked me if he could go home. One time he stopped talking altogether. I pulled up a chair next to his bed and reached across the sheet for his limp hand. And while so many people had tried to get close, he'd pushed everyone away, but somehow he managed to pull me in. In the past month, we've just been playing this game and this tug of war, and I tried to convince him to get help, but he wanted to have his independence. He had this strong will which kept him alive for all these years, and somehow that strong will betrayed him and even become his enemy. But see, I'm German, and I have about just as hard of a head as he did. And he hated to be told what to do and had an aversion to anyone who even tried. When I was sitting there next to his bed and I was hating the fact that he was dying so slowly and mostly alone. And it was for the first time in 20 years that I'd known him that I held his hand. I looked down and saw that time and the decades that spanned between us and the wrinkles and lines and the gnarls of his fingers. He had spent so much effort trying to keep me away. But we'd grown close, even all of his efforts, and we became friends, actually really good friends. As I sat there, I wondered how we got there. I think it all started nine years ago when his wife, Mary, died one year short of their 50th anniversary. We had been neighbors up to that point for many years, but we didn't know each other. And I think we both liked it that way. We minded our own business. He stayed in his yard, I stayed in mine. He planted roses and red geraniums, and I was in my flowers and my own vegetable garden. And then when we saw each other in the summer, we gave a friendly wave, and every so often when the dogs wandered across, to each other's properties then we took a few minutes and we always made sure we excused the dog's behavior and we were careful not to talk about meaningless chit chat living next to him was really not complicated he was tall and slender and he slicked his gray hair back and always wore felt like the same plaid shirt cotton shirt tucked into his belted jeans but he was able to demand respect. He didn't even have to say anything. Sometimes when I was in his presence, I just felt small. I, and it wasn't just because he was over six feet tall. Before he retired, 
That was over 20 years ago. He worked for the Chicago Police Force in Cook County. It felt like he was wearing an invisible badge everywhere he went. I often wondered about all the things that you must have seen during that time. And then when he finally t turned in his uniform after, I think, almost 40 years, I imagined he was looking for a quiet place to retire. I wondered if he wanted to see the stars instead of that orange glow of the city. So he and Mary moved three hours north and far away from all that hustle and bustle. And he built their dream house right there in our neighborhood at the end of the color sack and somehow in the middle of my view. And then when she died, it seemed like he didn't want to live anymore either. He kind of closed the front door hard and didn't want anybody to come in anymore, even the kids. It seemed like he didn't need anyone. I don't think he wanted to share any of his private affairs or even his grief. He was so strong, or at least he appeared that way. And then a few years ago, I noticed in the spring, I looked over and I didn't even see his lawn chairs out. He normally put those out in the spring for the summer, and, but not that year. And then in the fall that year, there was that routine he had of going to the gas station and he just stopped that all together. He would usually leave at 9 a.m. and get the paper and a cup of coffee. But for some reason, he just stopped going out and the garage door seemed to open less and less and he stayed inside more and more. I think that's why his dogs became his most trusted companions. They became his best friends. One winter morning, and it had snowed all night, and it was super cold. I called him, and I offered to shovel a path for the dogs in the back. And then, to my surprise, he had, he agreed to that. And that year, on Christmas Eve, I just went over and knocked on his back door and handed him a gift. I bought him a book about Jesus and made some cookies. And he handed me a green box of Frango Mint Chocolates from Macy's. That was something I would get every year for Christmas. And when we come back, we will continue with this beautiful story of neighborly kindness here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to Our American Stories, and we've been listening to Heidi Vars. She's been sharing the story of how, after 15 years, she finally decided to reach out to an elderly retired cop in her neighborhood. Somehow they would develop a special relationship, despite their mutual apprehension. Back to Heidi. I found out he had a sweet tooth. He didn't mind banana bread and zucchini bread and cookies and all of those things. And then over the next month and with each visit, to drop off banana bread, I just noticed he was getting thinner. This tall frame was waning. 
I felt myself worrying more and more about his health, and so I baked more and more and called more often. I became really grateful for those dogs, and almost subconsciously I looked over when I saw him outside in the yard, and in the winter his porch light came on at exactly 8.30 to get him outside one more time before he went to bed. I really didn't want to, but I found myself watching for that light. It was like it was a beacon, a beam that shone across that half acre. It felt like it was a signal that things were okay. And over the span of that winter, I felt myself wearing a path down in the snow between our houses. It felt like it was the beginning of a tightrope walk, a balancing thing, act of me trying to care for him and he trying to keep his independence. I really can't recall an exact moment when things turned for the worse. It was more like something really gradual, moved towards something scary and inevitable. But part of me didn't mind caring. He had such a hard challenge. It was almost like a, a challenge to crack that. I smiled one day when the phone rang and I saw his number pop up. And he went, hello, this is Tom. I'm wondering if you can pick me up next time you go to the store. His question had an exclamation mark. Well, I agreed, of course. I liked him and I really meant it. And then he asked me um, when I would go the next time. And I just said, how about nine in the morning? And he just said, how about 9.30? Of course, he had to have the last word. I picked him up at 9.30 sharp the next day. And then we went to the store for some groceries. There's dog food, a six-pack of pistachio muffins, a six-pack of bottled Coke, Jamaican breakfast sandwiches, and a bag of individually wrapped Turkish chocolates. That was on his list. And then he made sure I knew exactly where those items were. Because you never know if I had to go maybe next time by myself. And I did. I did go by myself. The following week, and the week after that, and the weeks and months after that too. And his list got longer, slowly but they always had the same things from the first shopping trip. Oh, and then the phone rang more often on my end. Oh, if I could stop over and help him move a table, or if I can give him a ride to the bank. How about the eye doctor? Then his eyes were getting worse, and how about take him for eye surgery? And with that, the car rides became longer, and we had more intentional conversations. We talked about the kids, and cubs and the brewers and talked about the news in town and in the world and he allowed me little glimpses into his life he tried hard to make sure he remained the interrogator he made sure that he was the one who, who asked the questions and I was the one who answered but there were times he slipped when he let his guard down when his mind trailed off and then he told me about his wife and how she brought home the dogs from the shelter, and how he just loved them because of that. Then there was that time he told me about his daughter, Liz, that she was my age and the only girl among all those boys, and how she took on the role of checking in on him all the time. For some reason, she was able to get close to him, press in, and not to let him turn her away. But then she died of cancer shortly after Mary left. I could see that he missed them terribly. And then I felt my compassion growing for him. 
well, maybe it was because in my own heart, I really wanted a chance as a daughter and mending a relationship with my own dad. And then it felt like our time was more and more like a gift, like a second chance, maybe even for both of us. And then the spring turned into summer and fall into winter. And then that one night, well, I had feared, and I think he too, well, that thing came true. It was past 8.30 and that porch light knocked on my kitchen window. I scurried around and wiped the counters and looked over and it snowed all day and it was so cold. So I kept pacing and looking over to his house. I reasoned. Ah, oh, he just forgot to turn the light off. I'm sure. I waited a few more minutes and did a couple more things and looked back over and it was still on. And Then I just picked up the phone and dialed his number. There was no answer. My stomach turned into knots and I sensed that there was something seriously wrong. I put my boots on and stumbled over there as fast as I could and knocked on his back door and saw something that really scared me. He'd given me a key actually and so I made it into the house and I found him on the floor unable to move. There was a man that I didn't know all those years. He was on the ground and he had no confidence left. He was so scared. His eyes flickered and his mind was confused. I tried to look around to make sense to see what happened and found his phone was busted on the kitchen floor and blood poured from his elbow. His arms and legs were shaking. He must have crawled to the living room to steady himself against the couch. I looked over and he gave me that stern look and commanded just help me up. I was so frustrated. I looked at him and I said, Tom, you're hurt. You need to get to the hospital. I'll call you an ambulance. Oh, he looked at me and tried again to get me to help him up. He says, no, I won't go. And I just looked at him sternly and said, no, sir. And I picked up my phone and dialed 911. When they came, he did refuse to go along. And that was the first time I was angry at him. And I was angry at having let myself get close. And it was the first of many times I was angry. And then eventually the day came and he fell for the very last time. At that point he was unable to refuse to help and to say no. And that was the time the house turned dark and the porch line turned off. I was sitting there in the hospital and the seconds seemed to crawl across the face of the clock and they felt so slow. They were so much slower than the seconds at home. At home, the hours were filled with chores and flew by in no time. Here, the seconds were limited and finite and drawn out and begging to be filled with one more opportunity for saying something. I wanted him to hear something. and It was so hard to say what I wanted to say. And I didn't know if he could hear me, but I whispered, I wish you were my dad, Tom. There's nothing I can do for you as a neighbor. And then I felt him squeeze my hand. I miss him every time I look over to his house or past the pistachio muffins in the store. He really has helped me understand something. That the distance between two people is really not measured by 
the distance, the proximity or age. It feels like a half an acre can be so far, like the distance between two worlds, or it can be so short and such a short path between two good friends. I think the distance between two people is as great as their unwillingness to share their pain. But love is patient, even with the most difficult people. And most of all, that kind of love that is willing to share in pain and suffering and turns neighbors into friends and even sometimes strangers into daughters is really not unlike dying. It just takes time. And a special thanks to Heidi Vars and what a spectacular story. And so much wisdom and so much heart. The story of Heidi and Tom, the story of two neighbors, and in the end, of two friends, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Our American Stories, and up next... We bring you a story of how one devoted Marx Brothers fan went on to uncover a long-lost Marx Brothers movie. Here's Steve Stolier to tell us his story. I'm currently a screenwriter and author and also do voiceover work. But I was not always in the business, although I was always interested in show business. When I was a, but a small child in St. Louis, which is where I was born, uh, I would see I Love Lucy episodes where wherever Lucy and Desi would go, they seemed to run into famous celebrities. So I assumed that's what Los Angeles or Hollywood was like. Our family moved to LA uh, when I was pushing eight years old, and on the airplane uh, that we took, uh, Andy Griffith was sitting several rows in front of us, and Red Skelton was sitting in the row directly in front of us. And so I thought, wow, it really is like I Love Lucy. There's celebrities everywhere. We haven't even landed in Hollywood, and there's two stars who I know who they are and I watch their shows. This is cool. And Red Skelton was very cool. He kept entertaining my sisters and me the whole flight. For me, he kept one of those little, those pop guns where you push the back and a cork on a string comes out. He had that tucked into his suit jacket. And every now and again, he would just turn around and shoot me with his pop gun. This was, of course, before there were any uh, airline safety restrictions. I don't know that you could bring a pop gun onto a plane now, but in 1962, there was no problem with it. So I had already met two famous people by the time our our plane touched down. Uh, as I say, I've always had a fascination with famous people, and specifically the Marx Brothers, and then within that subset is Groucho, my favorite of the Marx Brothers. I'm not sure exactly when I became aware of him slash them, but I did have an Uncle Joe in St. Louis who was balding, wore glasses, had a mustache, smoked a cigar, and wiggled his eyebrows. So that when I did discover the real Groucho, I thought, he's, he's just like Uncle Joe. That's interesting. And my parents <clears throat> used to quote lines from Marx Brothers movies, like being vaccinated with a phonograph needle, 
So when I finally discovered their films uh, and, and became aware that I am watching the Marx Brothers in this movie, that was probably around early high school. And I wondered where they'd been hiding all my life. And I wanted to see all their movies. And uh, this is perhaps difficult to grasp for the uh, Gen X and millennial generations, but we could not simply view what we wanted to view by punching it up on a device or even watching Turner Classic Movies or even having the DVD or videotape. I had to, we would get the TV guide each week and I would go through it with a pencil and I would circle the movies I wanted to see, which invariably were old movies that they put on in the wee twilight hours of the middle of the night, early morning, after Johnny Carson and after Tom Snyder's Tomorrow Show into that strange nether world of local car commercials. And, and I would just sort of will myself to stay awake. Um, I don't know how I did it. I mean, now I, I'll drift off on the couch at, at 10.30, but back then, if they were showing monkey business starting at 2.48, I just made myself stay up and watch it, and then I could knock that off my list of movies I had to see. So it was very difficult trying to see them. And there was one you know, I read whatever scant books there were and articles that came out about the Marx Brothers or Groucho, and I quickly became aware of the fact that their second film, Animal Crackers, which had been a very successful stage play in the late 20s, and then was their second film made at Paramount in 1930, uh, I hadn't seen that, and I wasn't able to see it because when Paramount sold their early films to MCA Universal in the late 50s, it included Animal Crackers, but because of basically uh, a, a technological error, they didn't renew the copyright on Animal Crackers, so the rights had reverted back to the authors and composers of the stage play. And for the longest time, Universal didn't think it was worth spending money on an old black and white Marx Brothers movie to clear the rights and reissue it. So it just became this phantom film. They, they owned it, but they couldn't show it. And in the meantime, they redistributed all of their early Paramount films and syndicated those in television. And uh, you may have seen, they would have that big shield at the beginning that would say, a MCA TV release. And I, I used to want to go up to the TV with a Marx-a-lot and add an N after a MCA TV because it just bothered me. But Animal Crackers was not included in, that, in those packages. So it was this great unseen Marx Brothers film. Uh, and it was supposed to have been one of their best. I mean, Groucho played Captain Spaulding, so his theme song, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, came from that. A lot of his quoted lines, like, I shot an elephant in my pajamas, came from that. And when I graduated high school, I began to attend UCLA, first as a history major, because I really didn't think 
you could make any kind of living in entertainment unless you were just astonishingly talented and had endless perseverance and I didn't put myself in either of those categories so while I continue to love watching old movies and study up on all these people uh, I, I figured I would be a history major and maybe teach history something like that and I saw that a print of animal crackers was going to be shown at a Revival House Theater in Orange County in December of 73. And I wasn't sure how they were able to show it, but I didn't care. And all of my friends piled into one car. This was also during a, a gasoline crisis, an oil crisis when gas was being rationed, but we didn't mind blowing most of a tank of gas to be able to finally see this missing link in the Marx Brothers' small cannon. And you're listening to Steve Solier, and he is telling the story of the lost Marx Brothers film. And by the way, it is a small cannon, but if you do get a chance, it is easy to see these movies now. By the way, there was a time when it was impossible. You just had to wait for them to appear on TV. And you did have to read that TV guide. And I remember circling all my favorite things, too. And all of Americans did. And that was it. That was it. And by the way, duck soup, animal crackers, and horse feathers with a way to go. And watch it with the kids. It's the cleanest and yet most subversive comedy you'll ever see. A lot like what they were doing with Wiley e. Coyote and Bugs Bunny and just delightful, clever stuff. And they were never pushing a line. And yet they were. When we come back, more with Steve Stolier, his story about a missing Marx Brothers movie, here at Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back with Our American Stories and Steve Stolier's story. And we've learned that due to a filing error, animal crackers had become unavailable to the public. When we last left off, Steve had found a bootleg copy that was being shown about 40 minutes away from his home. And he and his friends from college, well, they hopped in a car in the middle of a gas shortage to finally cross this film off their bucket list. Let's return to Steve. I mean, they only made 12 or 13 movies in, in, in all, so it was a substantial coup to be able to finally see Animal Crackers. It was a terrible print. It was a bootleg dupe of a dupe, and, and the images were murky, and the sound was muffled. Couldn't hear it very clearly. But the point was, oh, my God, we're watching Animal Crackers. I, didn't, I, I figured that you couldn't find Groucho's name in the phone book and just call him up to tell him that it was playing. But from looking through the Beverly Hills phone book, I did know that Harry Ruby was in the Beverly Hills phone book. Harry Ruby had co-written the songs for Animal Crackers and had also worked as a writer on uh, several of the early Marx Brothers films and was one of Groucho's closest friends. So I called him up and uh, he didn't answer but a nurse answered and took my name and phone number and I think if he himself had answered none of what transpired would have taken place because he wouldn't have had my name and number. It was just a matter of conveying to him to tell Groucho that it was playing at this, that Animal Crackers was playing in Orange County. But because she took my name and number, I got a call from Harry Ruby, which at the time 
was one of the most exciting things that ever happened to me because this was one step removed from Groucho himself and I had a nice chat with him about several things and he said well I'll tell Grouch about this and I thought oh my god he's going to tell my hero about this and I called all my friends and told them and then New Year's Day of 74 I got a phone call from a woman named Erin Fleming and I'd kept up on articles about what Groucho was up to and I knew she was very close to Groucho. She had sort of become his manager and she had arranged a series of one-man shows in 1972 where Groucho would transfix the audience for 90 minutes or so and take home a bunch of money. I did attend the one in LA in December 72 and was able to see Groucho at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. My friend and I were sitting towards the back. Our tickets were $9.50, which was a fortune and would not even pay for parking now at the Dorothy Chandler. But be that as it may, and he was quite old and frail, which was, a, it really took the wind out of me to see him that way because the press had led me to believe that good old Groucho at 80-something or other, just as sharp as ever. And instead, this old man shuffled out and said, I want to take a bow for Hoppo and for Checo, because without them, I wouldn't be here tonight. And he read off cue cards, but it was still just electrifying, realizing that I was in the same room as Groucho. And I clapped so hard, my hands stung the next morning. Because I wanted, and this, I know this sounds weird, but I wanted vibrations from my applause to reach his eardrums because I knew that was as close as I was ever going to get to him. So anyway, getting back to January of 74, when I got this call from Erin Fleming, she had been on stage with Groucho at the evening with Groucho, and she had gotten the message from Harry Ruby about animal crackers. And what she wanted to know was, how could they show it? How was it legal for them to show it? What, uh, how did they get the rights to it? How did they? And of course, I didn't know any of this. I was just this kid that was a Marx Brothers fan. And she wanted to take me w with her to Universal Studios to go up to the office of Sidney J. Scheinberg, the president of Universal, as sort of an exhibit A of a kid who would drive all the way to Orange County to see animal crackers. And so she was hoping that that would make the difference and then Universal would clear the rights and re release the movie. I was skeptical, but I was flattered all to hell that she wanted to be in touch with me. And she and Groucho had to, they had to go because uh, they were going to see Woody Allen's Sleeper. Uh, also, while I was on that call, I said, while I have you here, I wanted to, something has been on my mind for a while. Some of the books I've seen say Groucho was born in 1895, and others say 1890, and I wondered which one was the real date. And she said, just a minute, Groucho, what year were you born? And in the distance, I hear, 1890. And she said, did you hear? And I said, yes. And I thought, oh my God, he's in the room with her. I can't handle this.
I talked to friends and we thought it would be a better idea rather than just having this one kid try to argue the case to re-release the movie, I would form a committee at UCLA, a petition drive, and we would get hundreds or thousands of signatures from like-minded young people that we would want to see this movie and would pay to see it if it came out. So some friends and I formed the Committee for the Re-Release of Animal Crackers. We set up a table on Bruin Walk, which is where all of the causes had tables for either gay rights, ending the war in Vietnam. And then you had this group of kids trying to get an old Marx Brothers movie off the shelf. And people were so suspicious about signing the petition. You know, this was right, right during Watergate. And someone said, you know, is the government going to get a copy of this? Does the FBI get a copy? No, no, it's just... The, do you have to be a registered voter? Do I have to print and put No, it's just to get this move. And I was staying in touch with Aaron Fleming, and she arranged for Groucho to come to UCLA and alerted the press about our cause. And sure enough, in spring of 1974, Aaron and Groucho came to UCLA I said, Groucho, I am very happy to be meeting you after all this time. And he said, well, you should be. And Aaron said, this is Steve Stolyer. He's the one trying to get Animal Crackers re-released. And Groucho said, well, did you get it? And I said, not, not uh, yet, but we're working on it. And he said, you better or I'll fire you. And I said, I didn't realize I was working for you. How much are you paying me? And he said, a little less than nothing. And it was just this most remarkable pinch me, is this really happening? We sat side by side answering reporters' questions about the movie. And I remember one, one reporter said, uh, Mr. Marks, what is the purpose of your appearance here today? And he said, I expect to get lunch. And she said, but... But besides that, I may get dinner. So there was still a lot of, you know, I was so disheartened after seeing how frail and old and shaky he was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in, in 72. But here he was still being Groucho with his silliness and twisting phrases. And that was very heartening after having been disheartened. So we talked to the press and they ran their stories and sure enough Universal relented and decided to reissue the film they would show it in LA and New York and then be done with it it's like here here it is go look at it leave us alone we have more important movies to worry about it had a re-premiere at the UA Westwood and I went in a tuxedo, and my family went, and the other members of the committee. It was like our night, and Aaron and Groucho were there, and we watched Animal Crackers, a fresh print, clear, you could see what was going on. And it ended up breaking the house record that had been set several years earlier by the French Connection. And it was very gratifying for me to be at a coffee shop in Westwood and look across the street and see a line of kids in t-shirts and blue jeans and tennis shoes waiting to pay money to see this Marx Brothers movie. 
What great storytelling, and thanks to Robbie for bringing it to us, and a special thanks to Steve Stolier. And by the way, to find out more, order Steve's book, Raised Eyebrows, My Years Inside Groucho's House. And there are a whole bunch more stories like this one. You can find it at Amazon or all the usual suspects. The story of Steve Stolier, his effort to get animal crackers re-released. His story, here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.